Welcome to another episode of the Marvel Masterworks Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Adam, and with me is my co-host, Donnie. Donnie, how's it going, buddy? Hey, what's up, comic book fans? It's the man who's ring runs on fanboy energy, the podcasting machine, the big nerd in green. It's the Emerald Enthusiast, here to talk to you about a world if there were no Avengers. Indeed. And uh, just so you know, Radu's wasn't open, so I had to go to Tim Hortons. Ah, here we go. Marvel Marvel fans may not get that. Read Green Lantern Volume Three. Yeah, but three. you, you, I should have saved that for the, when we record the Green Right. Uh, well, I got the Radu cup right there. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, knows. yeah just, just be, we we edu- we educate on both sides of the aisle. Exactly. Uh, we bring people together. We're uniters of the law. Yeah, we we unite here. people through comics. <laughs> There's a there's a Twitter handle or uniting people through wrestling, so I'm going to appropriate that and, and hey. say uniting people through comics. How about that? Right. Sounds great uh, to me. That's a tough task because all you got to do is go on Twitter and you'll see how not united. Oh yeah. But anyway, uh, for those that are united, welcome to this episode. Right. Uh, we are going to talk about uh, the main, you know, the, the the main focus of today's episode. Will be the next, uh, the latest two episodes of Marvel's What If, uh, which uh, involved, as Donnie uh, inferred, uh, what if the world uh, did not have the Avengers, and what if Doctor Strange was Zack Snyder dark? Uh, but before, uh, yeah. We, yeah, before we do that, um, there's some comic news from the. Uh, self-proclaimed house of ideas uh so let's discuss it okay uh the, the, this these new initiatives um um they are sort of the next phase of marvel comics um in celebration of their 82nd anniversary is that, is that possible? Well, Timely Comics started in, in what was it, 19, 1940 or 1939. Oh, okay, so, so yes. Precursor. Remember remember that, yeah, they were Timely before they were Marvel, so. So I guess it is possible. See, like in my brain, <laughs> Marvel Comics started with the... Uh, with Spider-Man, yeah. Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four, so. Right, right. But, yeah, I, I digress. But, uh, so we're getting a whole slew of new uh, titles. Uh, some ongoing, some one-shot special, some miniseries. And the first up is there... Is yeah, there... 1939 was the advent of Timely. I was correct. So. Aha, uh-huh. yes. So the, 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 the year after Superman and the same year as Batman. Uh, so that was a good two-year... Two year, uh, exactly, yeah. yeah. Good times. Yeah. I mean... Wasn't there, uh, you know, a recession? But aside from that, well, yeah, well, and, the, and we were. In the comics, <laughs> we're also on the verge of a war by that point. Yeah, yeah, but, but but aside from all that, the comic stuff was cool. <laughs> right? Yeah, the comic stuff was good. <laughs> it's like somebody talking about 20, 2020 and twenty twenty one. Yeah, it was, there was a pandemic. There was the yeah. racism galore, but the comics were good. But well, the comics uh, were good. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know, and I believe I read, I be- I read somewhere at one point that. In World War II, one out of every four care packages that were sent to soldiers contained a comic book. Good for that. I mean, that's so, the, yeah. that's the top tier uh, care packaging, if, I, if yeah. you ask me. 
A lot of so Captain it, America, I'm assuming. So, so hey, yeah, probably most of it would have been, yeah. Um, but um, so let's start with the the title that features uh, Marvel's, you know, foremost, uh, you know, team up book, the group team, which is right. obviously the Avengers. Some will say the X Men, but I say it's the Avengers. Uh, just, you know. Dispute me all yeah. you want. That's what I think. Um, so the series is called uh, Avengers Forever, and I'm gonna add a colon <laughs> and then from the first hero to the last every time I read it, because that's what I'm gonna do. But. So it's going to be written by Jason Aaron and drawn by Aaron Cruder. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a lot of Aaron's. Uh, is this replacing Earth's Mightiest Heroes? I believe that is going to end, and this will okay eventually begin. Well, that, that's what I'm getting right now. So it's like it's imagine like so it's the equivalent of Superman. Ending and becoming Superman, son of Kal El, the same, okay. same right. idea. So you know, Jason Aaron's been running, uh, writing the Avengers for years, and he's been doing quite well, if you ask me. Um, and then they did the whole, uh, you know, uh, he sent them to the past. Remember the far past, which we touched on, I think, a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we, he did Heroes Reborn, which didn't end up being my cup of tea, but still, uh, you know, it, it was what it was. Uh, and and now there's going to be a massive conclusion with Avengers 750, uh, um, and then <clears throat> what we're going to get is a book that, as I said, titled Avengers Forever, um, and it's going to focus on multiversal versions of the Avengers. Oh, right? that sounds interesting. Sure. So we're going to have. For example, one of these multiverse uh, scenarios is, I'll read the, the, the preview. It says, Marvel Comics Avengers Forever pulls together archaeologist Tony Stark, a.k.a. the Invincible Ant-Man. Aha! Uh -huh. That's a change, yeah. Uh, and Avengers from across the multiverse to bring order to timelines where hope is a four-letter word. Jason Aaron and Aaron Cruder present an all-new series that will redefine the Avengers as the multiverse's mightiest heroes. Okay. Hope is a four-letter word, so... Yeah, there are, uh, there are plenty of other four-letter words, too, which... Uh, uh, well, I guess if they... The, if the Leafs are playing, I often use. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, listen, multiverse, anything with the multiverse... You know, from 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 comics to my wives, I'm in. I was going to uh, ask: Are your are your wives in this? Any other versions well, if of they you? They are. I mean, I may have to put this on my physical pull list as opposed to the digital. Well, um, and I've I've got to ask you: Is there a version of you out there that's a Canadians fan? Do you think that's possible? Uh, well, listen, listen. I'll tell you what: If there is, uh, I'm going to find him and hurt him. Uh, <laughs> and number two. Um, 
Because I, I won't say kill him because if I kill a multiverse version of myself, does that harm me in any way? Let's see. Uh, that's the that, that's the paradox. These are the questions I have to ask myself. Uh, and that if that world does exist, then it's like the equivalent of remember in the, in the remember in the DC uh, crossover that you know, the one where they went you know the multiverse Earth X, what was it Crisis on Earth X? Yes. So the the world where where there's a me that is a Montreal Canadiens fan. Is the world where Nazis won the war? I'll just say that. Oh. <laughs> uh, and as, uh, like I said, if my multiverse wives are in this, they, 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 right now, you know, this is automatically going on my digital pull list. Right. Okay. If, my, if my multiverse wives happen to be in this, then it's going on my physical pull list. But, okay. but I, you know, I'm in for this. Like, I'm a sucker for multiverses. You know. So. Oh yeah, I, I definitely like multiverses. Uh, I, I, I mean, you know, comics are. It, it, they're kind of inextricably linked at this point, you know. So but, I mean, I mean, you know, you know what a paradox is? A paradox. You're going to make a joke. So what is that? Yeah, Go ahead. It's, it's two physicians. <laughs> That's actually a good one. Uh, really, you like a you're like a really white version of the Rock in in. <laughs> in you really, really are. Um, all right, so. The well, next one. In, in, in any comparison to The Rock, I'll take that as a compliment. So. Yeah, um, you know, and uh, uh, somewhere out there, the five listener, the five viewers and listeners of this show podcast are chanting your names, honey. Uh, there we go. I, I'm not going to say millions because we don't have millions of listeners. Uh, but I, I, we do have 98 as of today, though. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, there we go. So, right. 98 people are chanting your name. And yes, and those same we, 98 are probably telling me to shut up. But anyway, I <laughs> um, the, the next series that I think is quite interesting uh, is called Marvel Timeless. Okay. And it says, the future of the Marvel Universe is here and timeless is where it all begins. When a threatening new timeline emerges, Kang the Conqueror. That, that's like one of the best villain names I've ever heard. I'm just throwing that out there. It just, it just sounds intimidating. It sounds the like Conqueror. a wrestling villain. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, Kang the Conqueror must uh, fight his way through the coming year to protect the main 616 timeline. Uh, not, uh, as opposed to the uh, 316 timeline. Uh, he's worked <laughs> centuries to solidify as his own. Jed McKay... Uh, Kev Walker and Joe Bennett, uh, Mark Bagley, and more provide a first look at what's coming to the Marvel Universe in 2022. That's a lot of talent right there. In a story that will prove the future is, wait for it, timeless. Ah, I like it. Uh, I didn't make it up. That's Marvel's PR people. Um, so You mentioned the 316 timeline. Yeah. 316 year birth. <laughs> You think there was ever a universe where Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestled Stunning Steve Austin? I, I, I'd find that fascinating. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I digress. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so you get a bit of everything on this show. It's ridiculous. Exactly. Uh, all right. So obviously we know that She-Hulk is coming to Disney Plus, right? We knew that. That's, I'm very yeah. excited about that. Yeah. Um, so, I was just waiting for the eventuality that Marvel would say, you know what, let's make a comic about 
or let's uh, they've made comics about her, but let's reintroduce a comic with She-Hulk. Uh, and shocking, that's exactly what they're doing. Exactly. Uh, in, in January of 22, so here's what the description is. Marvel Comics She-Hulk from Rainbow Roel and oh boy, I can't pronounce this. Ro, Roger Antonio uh, uh, basically throws the book at Jennifer Walters as she tries to put her rage-filled days behind her and return to practicing law in defense of the innocent. But when a friend from her past comes knocking with a mystery, she can't resist. She-Hulk gets back to bashing. Yeah. Who do you think that's going to be? A friend from her past? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. That's a good question. It won't be... It won't be... Um, Bruce Banner, because they would have described her cousin comes knocking right, the door. Right, right. So, uh, I don't know. I, 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 and, you know, the beauty of this book is I have no experience with either the writer or the artist, so this will be totally new to me. Mm -hmm. Okay. I know you're a big fan of She-Hulk, so... I definitely, yes. Yeah. Are you, you excited about this book, then? Definitely, yeah. All right. Uh, good, good, good. Um... So that's another one. Um, and by um, the way, see, I, I do have a thing for green women, I guess. And if you'd like to hear about another green woman, you can listen to us on the Emerald Echo podcast when we talk about the origins of Jenny Lynn Hayden, a.k.a. Yeah. Jade. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and also, yeah, just that you said that you have a, you have a, you have, you have a preference for green women. I hope that means that you don't have your wife paint herself, because that's a little, you know, it's, <laughs> I mean, that's, I draw the line there, Donnie. I'm going to have to call somebody to get you some help if that's the case, <laughs> because that's unacceptable, sir. Uh, I won't stand for it, uh, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. I mean, if it's Halloween, it's one thing. You know, yeah. Halloween, the bottom line but, is, hey, I've, I've got a lady who accommodates all this behind Listen, I think you and your wife should go as the Hulk and She-Hulk for Halloween. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Why not? <laughs> or if it's on the other side of the of the comic book aisle, you could be Bogo, the Living Planet, and she could be, uh, you know, uh, Jenny Lynn Hayden, as we're talking about. Okay, I, yeah, yeah. There's an idea. Uh, another book that I'm intrigued about because I will always support this character because he's a good Canadian boy. Wolverine, I'm talking about him like he's real. <laughs> he is real to me, Dad. Anytime there's a Canadian character, I get excited. You know, what you're, else? You're, you're, I'm definitely what else? You're like that guy at that convention who was asking Jim Cornette about Dick Murdoch. It's still real to me. Yeah, talking about yeah. wrestling. You remember that? <laughs> um, so there's a book called uh, uh, the what is the this this the, the logo is confusing. So it says uh, Lives of Wolverine, of Wolverine and Deaths of Wolverine uh, is the book. Uh, okay. It's by uh, uh, the creative team. Uh, well, I'll just read the description because it's going to go ahead, sir. It says uh, House of X and Powers of X ushered in. Uh, the first Krakoan age of the X-Men. Now Marvel Comics 
lives of Wolverine or X lives of Wolverine and X deaths of Wolverine will test the, the best there is at what he does before any mutant can survive to the second Krakoan age. Benjamin Percy, Joshua Casera, and Federico I should be able to pronounce this, it seems like Italian or Spanish, Vicentini tells two interlocked tales about what happens to Wolverine when his past meets his future. That's interesting. I, I Like I said, I love Wolverine. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I'm, assu I'm assuming we'll see Old Man Logan in that. Probably. Uh, uh, and the fact that he calls himself the best is of what he, uh, you know, what, uh, yeah. is of what he does. That's kind of a Bret Hart-ism. Right. So, Pretty close. Yeah. yeah. So I got I to gotta support my, my, my boy there, Wolverine. Uh, and I do have, I don't know if I told you this or I showed you this, but I do have, I bought actual, the Wolverine uh, one, I didn't buy both because that would have been too expensive. But I have a claw, a Wolverine claw. Mm -hmm. And it's sharp and it's like steel. It's. it's oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, so if anybody attacks my house, I'll just pull that off the wall. And <laughs> there you go. Go nuts. I actually have a nephew named after Wolverine. I kid you not. His name oh, is Logan. Logan? Yes. And did yes, his parents exactly. name him that on purpose? Yes. He is named okay. after oh. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, I actually think his mother, like, she had some something else in mind, but my friend who named him that is a huge Wolverine fan. The father so. was like, you, you can think it's for whatever you want, but this is why. Right. <laughs> I knew exactly where that started, so. <laughs> his wife was like, oh, yeah, we named him after this person, that person, and then the husband's like, right. So far, I, I'm failing in my, my efforts to get my daughters to name their, if they have a son, naming Kyle. So I think they should. I'm still working uh, on it. At least the middle name, you know. Yeah. Like, you know. I need and a then, grandson, Kyle. So. And then you could just call him Kyle. Right. Like, he, whatever his actual name is, you could say, yeah, screw that. That's when, right. I, when I'm That's... babysitting, this is your name. This is your name, yeah. Deal with it. Um... All right, so here's the next one I'm interested in, and obvious okay. reasons. Okay. It's a Marvel event, so I don't think it's a it's an ongoing uh, thing. Um, but I was very saddened to learn uh, this past week that that, that, that um, uh, I believe it's in November. Daredevil will end. Okay. The title. Okay. But in the solicitation, it said for now. So I was like, ooh, there's hope for more, because that four-letter word, that, you know, the, the, right. And so we have a title called Devil's Reign. And it's, it's by Chip Zdarsky, who I believe is also Canadian. So, All right. <laughs> uh, and if he's not, well, you should have been. Uh, and artist Marco Cicero, who is Italian. So because I'm of Italian descent, thumbs up for you too, sir. The hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, Devil's Reign, here's the description. It says, all hell breaks loose in the Marvel Universe as the Kingpin finally declares an all-out war on the heroes in Devil's Reign. Having set the stage in their Eisner-nominated Daredevil epic, Chip Zdarsky and Marco Cicero's far-reaching crossover event finds Mayor Fisk outlawing all superheroes in New York and unleashing intel on all their dark secrets while pitting Daredevil, Elektra, Captain America, Iron Man, Spider-Man, and the Fantastic Four 
and many more against his Thunderbolts agents. Wow. But in the end, who will reign? Well, you had me at Mayor Fisk. Sounds interesting. So, uh, yeah, I was gonna get this because, like, that creative team was doing gangbusters on Daredevil, and I love, like, like, I think I've said this before. I, I I've been doing, I don't know, well, this part I haven't said because it just happened recently, uh, but I've been doing a deeper dive on some Spider-Man stuff because I know we're gonna cover him more. Mm-hmm. frequently on this show in, in the near future. So, and I'm finding that he's, he's slightly becoming um, my favorite Marvel character. Like, he was he was up there in, in the pantheon but of Marvel characters. But he's, over, he's slightly overtaking Daredevil. That's taking nothing away from Daredevil. I'll always love Daredevil. The fact that he has a disability, you know, that will always be. And he was the first you know, Marvel book I ever picked up was a Daredevil oh. book. Fair point. You'll always have that. You'll always be 1B, you know, if so to speak. But uh, so I was going to be in this because of Daredevil regardless. Um, And um, so um, I, but but I've been getting more into Spider-Man. And I think some of the allure to Spider-Man is because, you know, because the character's cool, his, his, you know, his abilities, you know, the car, he's got a cool costume, the whole nine yards, you know, the, the, the relatable, the relatable issues and all that jazz. But second to Batman, in my opinion, he's got the best, uh, the, the second best rogues gallery uh, in comics, the Spider-Man. So, okay. um, but that's, this is not about Spider-Man. Daredevil, anything with Daredevil in it is basically on my radar. Yes. <laughs> You know, you know I, I may rank Spider-Man actually number one, but that's a conversation for another day. Well, uh, well Spider-Man number one where? As in he has the number one rogues guy. Oh, I, yeah, I can, I can see. It. I'm not going to argue with anybody that 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 has that opinion. Yeah. I mean, my heart is in Gotham for obvious reasons. Right, yeah. Uh, mainly because Harley Quinn is there and Catwoman. But no. Uh, but <laughs> and again, that's a different podcast, too. <laughs> uh, so that's a, that's later a later at night podcast. No, no. <laughs> that's Not one of those trolley. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, no. But I, I won't argue anybody that has that opinion, uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, this again, the fact that it's it's Daredevil centric, but it pulls in like the rest of the Marvel heroes as well. I, I dig that. Likewise. So it sounds really cool to me. Okay. Uh, and then I think. I'm pretty sure that was the last one I wanted to, men- uh, to mention, Donnie. I think that's it. I mean, I'm going to be getting the new Hulk and Venom. I've, I've, I definitely, obviously, enjoyed the last Venom run. We just talked about that. Oh, you mean, you mean and, regular Hulk, right? Yes, because I've been enjoying Immortal Hulk, and I know that it's getting ready to be relaunched, and I want to see where that character goes, at least for a while. So, Yeah. Uh, do you know the title of that? I forget. But I, I, like I said, I saw, I I saw that. The title, the title of that title, but you, the book. You know. Right. <laughs> oh, Christ. Somewhere in the name is the word Hulk, I can tell you that. Yeah, well, well yeah, I would hope so. Right. Uh, because if it's not, that'd be really, really what are they going to call him? The green guy? <laughs> uh, green green guy. The, yeah, the green fellow, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Get a little shameless action going. Um, but yeah, so that's what's coming up in. Uh, December and January uh, in Marvel, and it's interesting stuff. 
And you know what? We'll probably uh, we'll probably cover a lot of that. Uh, yeah. On this podcast, so if you want to follow along, do it. Actually, uh, it looks like it's just going to be called Hulk. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not even incredible. From the first rage out to the last. The cover of number one looks amazing. So when is that? When is that due? Does, does it say? Because I'm adding it to my digital. Playlist. I want to say. I want to say it was November. Okay, I'm adding that to my digital pull list. Yeah. Um, but it, it, so yeah, a lot of good stuff, Donnie, from 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 uh, from Marvel. Yeah. Comics. Full so, launch in November. Yeah. All right. So a lot of good stuff. And you know what? I know all you're a, you're a you're a fan of Hulk. Yes. Uh, you're, you know he's up there with Venom and the right. like. Yeah. So I think we'll, we'll in addition to Spider-Man and Venom, I think we'll make an extra effort to cover. To cover some Hulk on here, so we'll all right, fine with that. Do it. Um, so yeah, so that's the news. Uh, it's all very exciting. Uh, more reading, uh, and um, if you actually want to hear me go on just a bit of a Hulk rant, you might want to stick around for the mid part of this episode when we talk about episode three. Won't be anything profane, you know. Won't be anything that little ears can't hear. But I do have I mean, something I don't think to say. I've never heard you swear, by the way. I think it's. I don't. I don't swear. I, you know, I'm not, not saying even, I never did. Yeah. Not even when you watch that game seven with the Leafs. Come on, you didn't swear. Uh, I swear in PG. I gotta get you to watch something really aggravating with the Leafs. <laughs> and just have you swear once. Privately, okay. I won't. I won't record it or anything. Just, just. <laughs> I just want to see you. You know, rage out to the Leafs like I do. Uh, uh, but anyway, speaking of the Hulk, the Hulk is actually at least my version of the Hulk, the Blue Hulk, as I call him. Okay. Uh, is coming back September 25th. You know why? Because that's when the Leafs start the preseason. So, uh, that's when, <laughs> well, see how peaceful and zen I am right now? There's two reasons for that. One, I'm not searching Twitter. And two, the Leafs are in action. So, that's why I'm nice and peaceful. Understandable. So, yeah. Um, so, all right. So, we've got two issues. Uh, two issues. We'll be back to the comics very shortly. Uh, mm-hmm. Those comics will be when they come out. Obviously, we can't review them if they're not available to read. It's Part of the problem, you know, part of the part of the whole deal. They have to be out in stores or online for us to be able to read and review them. So we can't touch those until they're released. However, we have two episodes of the fantastic new show from Disney Plus and Marvel, What If. So Donnie, let's get into What If episode. Episode uh, three. 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 Yeah. What happened in this? Give us a brief. Uh, this asks the question: What if the Avengers were never formed? By the way, I just want to make a, a quick comment. Yes. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Wright as the Watcher is great. Yes. But I think it's sabotage. I think Commissioner Gordon has, uh, has co-opted the, 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 the Marvel Universe and is trying to destroy it. From, oh, oh from, that's an interesting cut. Co- yeah, okay. Yeah, because, you know, he's play, it's a joke because he's playing Commissioner Gordon, but I think. Okay. That, but, yeah, that that's interesting. So... Yeah, he's got, so he's got into the MCU through back channels and is now dismantling it from within. <laughs> uh, what if the world lost its mightiest heroes? And it kind of picks up on a familiar spot, a scene from Iron Man 2, yeah, you know, yeah. with Tony sitting in the giant donut. Please exit the donut. Yes. Yeah. And this is the conversation that he has with Nick Fury and Black Widow. And as they start to talk, suddenly Tony keels over. Yeah. Yeah. Clutches his throat, keels over. 
I got to say, well, that's not what I expected. I mean, I, I don't exactly know how I expected that they were going to be off, but I didn't expect this kind of, you know, murderer's row of, you know, killing all the Avengers off in quick order. So Tony Stark forever from the first bite of the donut to the last. <laughs> so not long after that, out in the desert, Agent Coulson finds Mjolnir. And Hawkeye centers his bow on Thor, who, remember, from Thor, the original Thor, the movie. Yeah. Uh, the he was, <laughs> right. He was depowered at this point. So when Hawkeye slips and his arrow shoots and it goes through Thor's chest, Thor is killed. Not long after this, Hawkeye dies, too. So things are starting to... Uh, Everybody's dying. It's like an episode <laughs> of Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. Minus the nudity, but yeah. Yeah. So, well, you know, it's on Disney Plus now. So, right, yeah. right. Yeah, it's what okay. I mean. So Natasha, she tracks down Betty Ross looking for some insight into Tony's death. Mm-hmm. Betty examines the antidote and the syringe. But Bruce is hiding in her lab and Natasha un- uncovers Bruce. Bruce then hulks out, a la the campus scene in the first Incredible Hulk movie. However, he suddenly explodes as General Ross is attacking. So now we have Thor gone, Hawkeye gone, Iron Man gone, and the Hulk gone. Within like 10 minutes. I expected none of that. Um, Like, it was shocking. Um... In the best possible way, you know what I did. What it was it's a small detail, but I really loved it. The Hulk looked like the Edward Norton version from the first film when he was Hulked out. That that's a good point. I love that detail. Yeah. And I'm sorry, this is going to anger some people, but I'm used to that by now. Who knows how many people I've pissed off over the last five minutes? But anyway, I prefer the 2008 Hulk film. Over any other, well, okay. The Hulk and the first Avengers movie are the two best iterations of the Hulk he's had in the MCU. Everything since has been a blank show, you know. But oh well, we're on kind of the same page there. So, like I said, you, you know what word is the blank. Yes, buckle up in a few minutes. So yeah. I'm going to have some things to say. But I really like the detail in the art that it looked yes. like. Yeah. Yes. Oh, again, the animation in this has been outstanding for every episode. You know that was so. filmed in Toronto, by the way? Not not the animation, the, the scene from 2008 in the Hulk. Oh, right. Okay, that, cool. That was the University of Toronto. Yeah, so we get some cool stuff over here. Awesome. Yeah. So Thor's death has attracted the attention of Loki, who arrives with an Asgardian army. Oh, God, they yeah. threat yes, they threaten to invade Earth. So Nick Fury strikes up a bargain with Loki, hoping hoping to uncover the person responsible. <laughs> yeah, hokey, hokey. <laughs> a hokey bargain. A hokey Loki. A hokey, a hokey dokey bargain. Uh, looking for the person responsible for all these murders. So what we see, and this is important here. In this timeline, hope. Not the four-letter word hope, Hope Van Dyne. Or not the Superman S logo. Right. (laughs) In this version, Wasp has become a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Yeah. And she was killed by the Winter Soldier. 
So that is very important because Nick Fury, who is actually Loki disguised as Nick Fury, confronts the murderer at Hope's grave. And it turns out to be Yellow Jacket, a.k.a. Hank Pym, also the first Ant-Man. Yeah. And he's become consumed with vengeance. Yeah. After the death of both Hope and Janet on S.H.I.E.L.D. missions. Understandable. So, well, uh, there's something else I need to say after that. But let's go on with the narrative here before I talk about that. So they're able, you know, Loki, again, you know, they're able to take Hank Pym into custody. But, of course, Loki double-crosses Fury and humanity, and he ends up enslaving humanity, as you knew he would. It's Loki. You can't trust Loki. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's the so, god of mischief, for God's sakes. If right, exactly. If you trust him, you, you do it at your own peril, I say. So the episode ends with Fury enlisting the help of Captain Marvel, who has returned to Earth, and preparing to dig Captain America out of the ice. I love that ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know what, uh, Donnie? I really want to... I don't know if they're going to do this in future episodes, mm-hmm. but I really wanted to see the continuation of this world. Like, I wanted to see... Yeah. What Avengers? What Avengers team would pop up out of this yeah. scenario? All right, because it, I mean, are we talking about the same world? I mean, is T'Challa part of this? As yeah, like because yeah. uh, uh, like, I know we're supposed to get a uh, multiversal Avengers team. You know, that's been teased. Yes. So, do all these episodes connect, even though they're different worlds? Like, are, are they somehow going to bring them together? Yeah, that's a good question. So, now, I have a couple things to say here. First of all, it was another great episode. I, I like I the, the contrast. You know, you got the episode with T'Challa being Yeah, which was nice, uh, uplifting. W- w- exactly, and then they bring you crashing right back down with a very dark episode. Yeah, and then the next episode, they kick you while you're done. Exactly, <laughs> even darker. They beat you with a chair. They give you a concerto uh, with that episode. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> And then they hit you with the bloodbath. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, as far as what this does right, I want to say this. I've always contended, this, and this is my opinion. I don't even know if Adam agrees with me on this. I've always said that I think the weakest of the Marvel films, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is Ant-Man, the first Ant-Man. And I say that because I think it started in the wrong place. It's not that I dislike Scott Lang but Hank Pym is a deeper, richer character. As you can see right here, you could not have pulled off this episode with Scott Lang. You need somebody who has some depth like Hank Pym. And that's what I think this, this uh, episode did right, is it showed you, you know, in, if you read some of Hank Pym in the comics, again, he has an edge to him. And I, I think I'll agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Extending that to Especially this. Especially if you go into the Ultimates books. Exactly. So I think they did that right. So I, that was something I, that I was impressed with. I agree. I don't know if you want me to comment on your, your Ant-Man comment about the movie being Go good. ahead. Go ahead. Give your opinion. Everybody has a different opinions. So okay. Well, while well, I agree, it's... Okay. I have... It's a different category. So I have most disappointing. Okay. And, and sort of lackluster. I think Ant-Man, Ant-Man is okay, but lackluster. Okay. Like Ant-Man, Ant-Man 2, when you see the trailer, it's not like, oh my God, I can't wait to see that movie. I did, just, I did love Ant-Man and the Wasp. 
primarily but, but, because yeah right but but anyway. you know what i mean like they're not oh my they're not they don't feel when you watch the trailers and when you watch this, the movie the movies they're not must-see movies you, you have to see them because they're part of the mm-hmm. the film saga but they're not must-see movies in my opinion the most disappointing, which is a different bottle of wax, are four, two, and three. Like those just, they're such a disservice to the character, in my opinion, that I was totally disappointed with both of them. Okay. Uh, for various reasons. But so, I, I get your, I, I, we're in the same sort of arena in terms of Ant-Man. Right. Now, let me address... It'd be like starting a franchise with Batman Beyond instead of yeah, exactly. Like I said, I just when I saw Hank Pym, I was like, I want to see more of Hank Pym, which is what they gave us in Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. okay. So you and I talked about you know you made reference to the MCU. Once again, the Hulk being killed here is what I really had a problem with. The MCU doesn't seem to get that part of the Hulk, and it's not that the character is necessarily bad, but in the comics. We have seen the Hulk heal from so much. You know, in the story Hulk the End, we saw the Hulk eaten down to a skeleton by giant bugs. And within like a day or two, he's back on his feet. Yeah. And uh, I believe it was Planet Hulk when he was on Sakaar. He jumped into lava. Yeah. And his, his flesh is burned off. He was able to survive that. Yeah. We've seen him survive so many things that he's basically unkillable. So I don't have a problem with them saying, okay, well, let's render you know, Bruce Banner in a coma so the Hulk can't come out, or let's send the Hulk into another dimension or way far away. Sure. But nothing should be able to put the Hulk down permanently, and I don't care if he exploded. Within a day or so, if he's going to lay in that coffin, he's going he's gonna to be back out on his feet. Yeah, the, blur, the, the blobs of his, his parts will reassemble. Yeah, exactly. So that was my only issue is, and especially coming on the heels of an end game when he's like, oh yeah, his arm is permanently damaged. How? How do you permanently damage the Hulk's arm? I don't care if it is the Infinity Stone. I think they permanently damaged him when he appeared in Thor Ragnarok, but that's the idea. They permanently damaged the character just by, and then they made it worse when he became. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I hate, because I love the MCU. You know, it, it, it no, is. No, a, yeah. For the most part. Inter- go ahead, sir. For the yeah. most part, it's great. Yeah, yeah. But you know, we can't sit here and say it's it's perfect. It's done nothing wrong. I right. mean, sure. fans that do that are, are on both sides of the aisle are disingenuous. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I think Professor Hulk in particular. You know, there there are some uh, there a panel out there, uh, I, and I forget exactly what happened, but the Hulk is, and again, I'm talking about Professor Hulk is like burned down to his flesh, and yeah. within a few seconds. He's whole again. He yeah. has that kind of healing factor. Yeah. So, but in the MCU, he makes jokes. He he takes selfies with kids uh, yeah. at breakfast. It's sick. What you, like, I, 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 and, and he doesn't get angry. So Yeah, somehow they've lost. I don't know why. You can't blame the deal with Universal on this, but they've lost the essence of the character. Mm. Yeah. Part of the appeal of the Hulk, way back when Stanley created him, was the that was the Frankenstein aspect of it, the do- and the Doctor Jekyll and Mister yes. Hyde yes. kind of aspect of it, you know, the the horror elements. Even though I'm not a huge horror fan, the horror elements help sell the character. Mm-hmm. Why are we neutering that? Right. 
it's 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 the same as writers say, well, it's too hard to write Superman. No, it's not. You're a writer. Use your brain. Right. Superman is such a layered character. How, how can you say it's hard to write? I mean, yes, there was a time when he was that powerful, but they just figured out a way to make and, that more and, complex. And the same with the Hulk. You, you're telling me you can't write. If, you can, you, if you're a writer and you say, well, we've run out of ideas to do the tortured monster. No, there's ways to do it. Even Professor Hulk, the comic version is far more, you know, thoughtful, uh, you know, uh, there's more layers, as you allude to. Than what the MCU gave us in that last mm-hmm. in his last appearance. Yeah, and he's not he's not a combination. Oh, I should say this: uh, the MCU Hulk is a combination of Banner and the Hulk. The Professor Hulk is a completely different personality. Yeah, they've not. Yeah, yeah. the like Hulk is actually personality disorder. Like yes, he, he has a dissociative identity yeah. disorder. Yeah. And every version of the Hulk is some aspect of Bruce Banner's personality. So, and the MCU hasn't touched on that at all. Like they've botched that. Yeah. To high heaven. Uh, so, you know, he's gone from really great in the 2008 movie, which I think is underrated, to fantastic in the fir- in the first Avengers film, mm-hmm. to then basically an overgrown baby in Ragnarok, and. To now a joking buffoon in Endgame, or sorry, to an impotent joking buffoon in Endgame and, and uh, Infinity uh, War. Infinity War and Endgame. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, I just yeah. I 100% agree with you on the handling of uh, of the Incredible Hulk. 100%. So, what would you rate that episode, sir? Uh, I'll give it a solid four. Uh, the box. Hulk thing is ridiculous, like you said. Yeah. Um, but but the rest is really good. So uh, out of five, yeah, I, I was going to say the same thing. I would give it, you know, a four out of five or a B. The uh, Hank Pym, the Hank Pym, like that twist was so unexpected. I mean, everything was unexpected, but that twist, I, think, I wasn't even thinking of Hank Pym at the time. Mm-hmm. When I'm like, who's responsible for that? Like, who, no, who I definitely, yeah, <laughs> you know, I was, I was thinking Hydragoons, you know, I'm uh, thinking Red various Skull Hydra villains, yeah, or, you know, something. Like that. But yeah, it was, it was very a lot of twists and turns. I liked it. Uh, the voice cast, a lot of them were MCU people. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them weren't, and even the ones that weren't did good jobs in their perspective. Like I, I think, uh, I don't think Black Widow was Scarlett Johansson. I don't believe so. It didn't sound that way. And I know for a fact that Tony Stark was not Robert Downey Jr. But the, both whoever did voice them did a solid job on, on both accounts. And the animation, as we said, was fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right, sir. As was the next episode, episode four, what if Doctor Strange lost his heart? And so we start off with a very simple premise. Yeah. We, <laughs> yeah well, <laughs> metaphorically speaking, of course. So, <laughs> so we start off with this simple premise. Instead of Dr. Strange's hands being damaged in the car wreck, Christine Palmer is killed. Voiced and played by Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams, yes. Canadian, Canadian girl. You know, Donnie, she went to my university. Not when I was there, because if, she, if I was there and I saw her, I wouldn't have got the grades that I got because I'd be too distracted. <laughs> and all that is to say that Rachel McAdams, Donnie, 
speaking of multiverses, is on the list. <laughs> so did that version of you go to school with her? And did you fall in love at school, maybe? Absolutely, yeah. 100%. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, what happens here is that the would-be Sorcerer Supreme now ends up in this, like, spiral of depression and... Yeah. So he goes through all the like stages of grief, but he never really makes it to the stage of acceptance. Yeah. So huh, he visits Kamartage as usual, and we see variations of him trying to stop that event. He tries to make, you know, he uses the, uh, it was the Eye of Agamotto, right? That's yes. what he used. Okay. Yeah. So he uses the Eye of Agamotto to like try and and somehow alter what happened. And every time he makes a slight alteration, it still ends up with Christine dying. Yeah. So this is a, I believe they call it like a fixed event. Yeah, a, con a constant or whatever. Yeah, a, a, yeah exactly. Something that absolutely cannot be changed. And we see that the Ancient One tells him, if this doesn't happen, you can't become the Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. So this has to happen in every reality. But like I said, he has not made it through the stages of grief to acceptance. So he does not accept that. And he keeps on trying to change this. Yes. So, uh, and this is where things get really dark. And the Ancient One makes the decision to split Doctor Strange into two parts. Yeah. So... Now you have the good Doctor Strange who realizes that as bad as this is, I have to accept it yeah. and move on. And then you have the other one that just keeps spiraling down. So basically we have Doctor Strange and Doctor Evil. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. <laughs> so, the, so the Doctor Strange, the evil Doctor Strange, travels to a hidden library in search of Cagliostro's lost books and writings. And eventually, after using a bunch of various magic techniques, one of which I wondered because it was um, kind of a deep red color, I'm like, is that the like chaos magic that they were talking about? And, um, you know, we talked about with, uh, um, uh, uh, shoot, uh, Scarlet Witch. Mm, yeah. And they talked about that chaos magic. I, I just, I noticed the shade of that. Maybe I'm reading into it, but. You know, with with that, I wondered. I'm like, is that the kind of you know chaos magic that you know Agatha was talking about? So, okay, so now this version of Doctor Strange starts to conjure and absorb the essence of all these like various beasts from these various dimensions. Mm. Very kind of horrific looking. Yeah, yeah, including this one like tentacled beast, and I don't think they ever identified the names. But it was just a plethora of of like of like mystical creatures, and he absorbs them all and becomes more and more like evil as this process happens. So it's kind of like a magic cannibal because he's, mm -hmm. he's eating their. their essence. It, well, exactly. Yeah, he is. I mean, you see it like him, like they're they're like absorbed into him. Yeah, yeah. It's not just like they're they're you know where he's like taking their energy and leaving them alive. They are actually consumed within him. So eventually. He's able to bring Christine back, but it's only temporary. What he has done is broken that reality. And by the way, he defeats the good version of himself. Yeah. 
And in bringing her back, he has absolutely broken that reality. And so not only does she disperse, but that entire reality basically implodes on itself. And he's imploring the Watcher. He's like, you know, do something. You're a god. And the Watcher's like, no, I'm not. And you made these decisions. And, and it, like, it, it, even if even if I could, and I and I wanted to take the punishment on on you instead, like yeah. I can't. Yeah, it reminded me of kind of the dark multiverse that that uh, DC just put out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like it's the worst case scenario, and that's what we saw here. The worst case scenario. So not you know not only do we not have the Sorcerer Supreme, not only is he not able to bring Christine back for very long, but that entire universe just kind of collapses within itself. Yeah, this was really dark. I mean, this is a guy. Without question, to me, this is the this is, this is the darkest thing that Marvel Marvel Studios has ever done. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I've always I've always thought, you know, you'd never see Zack Snyder direct a, a Marvel Studios film because they never go to that level, right? And, and that, that this would have been a lot darker in live action. It would have been. But but, but I said yeah. if there was a live action version of this, I could see Zack Snyder directing it. That's that's mm-hmm. how like it, it fit his style. Yeah, uh, quite good. Um, and but in terms of the story, I could see Doctor Strange going to those places to try everything within it, being so powerful. If you suffered a tragic loss of that degree, you would like any any person. And I don't think anybody would say they wouldn't try to bring back a loved one if, if they had that kind of ability. Yes. So so his decision to try and do that is a hundred percent understandable. I think we all would in that situation. Um, but I like that there was a boundary of. You know, there are some things that even magic cannot undo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, and um, like the monsters were actually legitimately freaky looking and scary looking. Uh, they, you know, when he was trying to take the different, the essence of the different uh, magical beings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to give credit to the animation because like, how stunning did Christine look? I mean, maybe it's a credit to, to, to Rachel McAdams that she looks just as stunning in live action as she does in animation. I don't know <laughs> if that's what it, but I was like, hold on, like I should not be getting attracted to a cartoon, yet here we are. <laughs> you know what, I, I actually watched it with my youngest daughter, and there was a point, I believe it was Wong, who told Doctor Strange, he's like, you're messing with time, you shouldn't do that. And I'm like, you hear that, Barry Allen, wherever you are? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So. This episode was kind of like Doctor Strange for years has watched you know an alternate universe where Barry Allen screws the timeline, and all of a sudden he's like, "Yeah, Barry, you, think you can script the timeline. Hold my beer." <laughs> exactly. Watch this. <laughs> so yeah, what would you give this episode, sir? Oh, this was an absolute five uh, out of five. Definitely, yeah, yeah. I I I didn't think they would go this dark. They would yeah. go down this path, but. The final product I thought was exquisite. So the, the last two episodes have really taken full advantage of playing with the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Like this is the what if concept 
being explored absolutely fully. I'm interested to see like what parts of these, if we see this in the future of this this franchise, I want to know what elements were are going to be reused. So yeah, I'm I'm curious how they unite some of these people. Mm-hmm. That's going to be fascinating. So uh, yeah, two great episodes, and uh, this show. What are we? Five episodes? Four or five four, episodes? Four. Four episodes. I don't want to call it just yet, but as of right now, if it continues like this through to the end of season one, mm-hmm. it may end up being my favorite Marvel Disney Plus show. Wow. Impressive. So we'll see how it goes, but for right now, it's doing the job. Mm-hmm. That brings this episode to an end, Donnie. Um, but... Uh, for those that still want to talk about what if or Marvel comics or Marvel studios or uh, anything regarding Marvel, you can uh, with us on social media. So Donnie, where do they find you? You can find me on Twitter as the Emerald enthusiast. Let's talk comics. Let's talk collectibles. Let's talk Marvel. Let's talk green lantern. Awesome. If you want to find me, it's at Adam underscore leaf leaf fan on Twitter. We have the, at MMNPDC Podcast Network Twitter page. That one is just where mostly I just post the episodes. Uh, and occasionally I'll forget which account I'm signed into and start talking about my multiverse lives on there. But that's <laughs> nice. um, We also have the Facebook page um, uh, where the link is below in the description. Click it. I will add you and we can continue the conversation there if you so choose. But until next time, Remember that the Mar- uh, Marvel's What If is forever. From the first time Doctor Strange travels back in time to save Christine and fails to the last. <laughs> so long, everybody. <laughs>